The opinions expressed on this program are those of the host or guests and should not be interpreted as statement of fact. Independent fact-checking and corrections are encouraged. And that's We're a fact. coffee in here, please. Whoa, please. December 22nd, 2022. There's a lot of twos in that. Um, good morning. We are uh, getting ready for a catastrophe, a storm. A storm is a coming. The headline in, um, I don't know, Apple News here. Let me read you the headlines. Because it's a temperatures plunge as severe weather storm blasts the U.S. Snarling, snarling traffic and uh, prompting emergency declarations. Emergency declarations. I got one. Well, not a state emergency uh, declaration. I didn't get one of those. I would if I were somebody important, I guess. But I'm not important. A major storm blasting much of the central and eastern U.S., is bringing record-breaking temperature drops and harsh snowy conditions that have resulted in flight cancellations, highway closures, and uh, several state emergency declarations. State emergency declarations. But I got one from my power company. Call me up. Don't panic, but there's nothing you can do about it. But you might die. You might lose power when it's freezing out. Trees could come down and kill you. Um things will be falling from the sky don't worry we got it covered i suppose that's a good um customer service strategy to reduce panicky phone calls when it does happen so panic now panic now in advance so you don't have to panic later when you have reason to panic i think that's the strategy i'm not sure it works but it seems to be the strategy. Anyway, we are um, preparing for some blustery bluster and blustery bluster on top of blustery bluster. What the hell am I saying? It's early and I'm red. I'm red. Anyway, um, so a lot of people are getting, like, EPM Studios tonight is having their Christmas party. I won't be attending because, uh, you know what? Somebody's getting married today, not me. Um, but somebody's getting married today, so I'm not going because somebody's getting married. Today. Who gets married on a Thursday, right before Christmas? Uh, it's crazy family stuff. Anyway, so I won't be going. But so they're having their Christmas party tonight, just as the storm gets to where we are, uh, and then be coming out of the office all drunk up. <laughs> and in the blustery bluster of blusterness where things are falling on your head and trees are falling and 
Things are falling from the sky, but don't panic. You drunks. Just drive home and and 60 mile an hour winds or some crazy nonsense like that. Good times, folks. Good times. Happy holidays. Winter arrived yesterday and it did not take long for it to get into full uh full forest winter. And we're uh are you ready for it? Some people actually like this weather. And to those people I say, get off my fucking planet. I'm sorry. It's early. And I'm in a cranky mood. I did not sleep well. Did you? Um, anyway. What else is in the news? Well, or in the news, in, in the going on in the world. I tell you what, all week long, I've been talking about AI. Thanks to fucking Willie and Zinn. Got me on his AI kick. And reviewing some of my old... Um, I'm sorry to say it like that, fucking Williams. And my friends, William Conway and Michael Zinn. Not fucking William Zinn. I'm a really negative, nasty person, aren't I? Anyway, they got me on this AI kick, reviewing some of my AI interviews in the past. And I had a week. And it was, you know, it's weird how that shit happens. Because I don't, I don't plan that shit. People contact me and say they want to be on the show. And I had a week where I had three in a row. One guy was a pastor, Joshua K. Smith. Which sounds like Dr. Smith from Lost in Space. Uh, but he's not. <laughs> he's a Christian pastor who wrote a book about, and I haven't gotten to his doing reels for him yet. Uh, wrote a book about human right, uh, civil rights for robots, because he believes that AI is. He believes firmly that we are headed towards a um, robotic future of intelligent humanoid robots, and that at some point they will deserve the same rights as men and women, and. You know, and people will uh, have to, we have to pass laws for civil rights of robots. And uh, it seems bizarre because we can't even get on the same page about civil rights for all humans. But we're going to be concerned about the rights. And I didn't get to those reels yet. But last night I did get to some from Stephen Schwartz, Dr. Stephen Schwartz, who was uh, as credentialed as my friend Mo Godat, who was the head of uh, DeepThink for Google, which is their AI division. And if you've been watching the reels that I put out uh, for Mo, you know that Mo uh, is terrified and, and making other people terrified, but it's, it, Mo's a kind of weird guy anyway. But he, he's terrified in, in the warnings of where we're going with AI, and uh, that he call, what he calls the three inevitables, uh, AI is happening. AI is is progressing faster than we uh, we can control it, and at some point the robots will teach each other uh, faster than we can keep up with them. Now, quantum computers is definitely uh, computing is definitely making that happen, but uh, that at some point. You know, the the nightmare scenarios that humans will become slaves to the machines. It's hard to argue with Mo when he talks about that kind of stuff. And he, when we talked about 
you know, true intelligence where machines are just beating humans at like games like AlphaGo, which is the most uh, complex board game ever invented uh, because of the sheer number of moves that are possible on a board game. And they beat the best masters on the planet, you know, a thousand to zero. It makes a good point about that. And, and without teaching the machine anything except the rules of the game. Here, here's the game. Here are the rules. And they learn by themselves how to be great at it. Uh, but I've been also now since. So I started on that on Monday because of Zinn and Willie. My friends, Michael Zinn and William Conway. Uh, got me into this because the real on that William Conway was talking about surf got a lot of attention, and then Zinn brought up some thing about uh, the future and and all that stuff. So I got on this roll with producing reels. Started with Mo, and then last night with Stephen Schwartz. Stephen Schwartz takes the opposite position that that Mo uh, takes, and he makes it equally compelling case and he has he's equally credentialed he spent his whole life and he's older he spent his whole life uh in teaching at major universities uh first statistics and then ai and he makes the case that they uh all the robots we see look like artificial intelligence but in his words they're not really intelligent at all. There's no intelligence at all. Everything is a, f- a factor of specific data inputs and task-related stuff that um, humans have programmed into it. And for a guy like me, I listen to both arguments, and I don't know which one is correct. It seems like Moe's argument about computers um learning just by giving be giving the here's the game here here's the instru- here's the rules that's all we're giving you you learn to play it well and they did that seems like intelligence to me but when it comes down to robotics and the humanoid robot scenario that we're all dreading uh Steven Schwartz makes a compelling case that none of that is really um it, it hasn't appeared yet, and he he says nobody, in his um, experience, knows how to make a truly intelligent humanoid robot yet. So we'll see. I guess we'll see. I, mean, I won't see. Maybe some of you folks will see. I won't be around for it. I'm certain of that. Uh, because uh, one of the reels, and you probably haven't seen all the reels, I think I only published one from Stephen Schwartz, where he talks about, you know, people are working on time travel, people are working on warp speed, uh, all these kinds of advanced kind of things, and surf, fucking with portals to other dimensions, as William Conway points out. Um, and Stephen Schwartz says... Um, Humanoid intelligent robots are about as likely as time travel. That doesn't mean you did never. It means not today, but you never know. Science is pushing the envelope daily towards these things. So there's that. 
So, uh, but the other part of Mo's uh, thing that would, which makes him really a complicated guy is happiness, and he's kind of breaking happiness down to a mathematical equation because he's this is what he does. He's a, he's a nerd. He's a serious super nerd. Um, happiness and how we can learn, teach ourselves, condition ourselves for happiness. Who the fuck doesn't want that? I want that. I could probably quit smoking weed if I could do that, right? Um, <laughs> but I'm not convinced that, you know, I'm not convinced that it, it can't be done, but I'm not convinced that it can be done. But he makes a good argument for that as well. And I'll be posting some reels that I've uh, clipped out of uh, the long interview. You got to see these long-form interviews, folks. If, you, if you're curious at all about any of this stuff, the one-minute reels that I'm pulling out don't do it justice. You really have to listen to these guys talk and um, listen to the arguments and decide for yourself. And that's what Mind Dog TV's program was always about. Free thinking, independent thought. You come to your own conclusions on this stuff. Uh, what? Uh, good morning, Willie. Who's in the chat room here? I just seen Willie pop up. We got Kelly. Good morning, Kelly. Uh, I've have some. Uh, what? I, I've somehow erased Mountain Time Clock. Maybe my time clock. I've somehow erased my time clock or Mountain Time Clock. <laughs> Oh, Kelly, I love you. You you taught me how to type, and I'm exactly like you are. So I don't. We don't know what each other are saying ever. Uh, so I'll be back after the phone call. Morning, all. I don't know what that means. Um, mountain time clock, my time clock. Uh, Williams with us. Craig is uh, wow, making a uh, rare appearance on the morning show. Good morning, Craig. Uh, Kevin, who is obsessed with wind chill. <laughs> Kevin, get over the wind chill and just focus on the temperature. You can always block the wind. Uh, but I think I think Kevin wants to, wants to kind of be an Alaska guy. And that's why he, the wind chill numbers always make it feel like, yeah, I'm eyes from Tucker. <laughs> but Kevin, Kevin likes to talk in wind chill numbers rather than actual temperatures. You know, wind chill, when, it's, when the winds are 60 miles an hour, even... In the middle of summer, it's fucking cold. <laughs> uh, William says, good morning, Craig. Uh, I mean, how is that different from how we learn? Um, it's not different from how we learn. But, you know, when he was talking about... Oh, let me read the rest of this. The way we think is really programming. We respond to things that happen based off of all of life experience up to that point. Programming dictates behavior human or AI? No. (laughs) No. No. The, uh, I I guess you have to listen to the the full program to listen to Mo talk, but he talks about human learning and machine learning and learning is not programming. Learn because the machine played itself for 16 weeks, figuring out on its own without any anybody programming anything into it how to play the game and how to play it well. And he uh, drew the analogy to a child, a infant, 
six weeks old, maybe older than six weeks, uh, six months old. Let's, let's go to six months old. Where you know the the square, the star, and the and the circle on a board, and they have to figure out how to put them in. Nobody teaches that. Nobody programs that. The child learns through trial and error and going over and over again. And that's the way quantum computing is teaching itself. That's not programming. That's how it's different from how we we learn and how we think. Uh, that's Programming is very, very different. Programming is you watch Fox News and they tell you what you believe is the truth and then you go out and you repeat it as if it's knowledge that you have experienced through trial and error and doing work on your own when you never have. I'm sorry to pick on Fox News, but I'm thinking about Sean Hannity. Sean Hannity, uh, I'm getting off of the AI for a second here. Uh, for, for a while, I'll come back to it maybe later. Uh, I'll be putting out reels all week because the stuff with uh, past, Pastor Joshua K. Smith uh, is intriguing. Sean Hannity testified in, in front of the January 6th committee under oath that he never believed in Trump's lie about the big election uh, fraud lie. For one second, he testified under oath. He never believed in it for one second. And yet, he went on his program and pushed it for two years. And that's programming, folks. This is That's programming where, where you just indoctrinate your listeners, telling them lie after lie. They don't investigate it. They don't think about it. They uncritically accept that information and repeat it. This is pure evil, folks. Because he, he, said, he said on their oath, he knew from, right from the beginning that it was all bullshit. There was no election fraud. No election fraud was com, was committed. And, and that's pretty obvious just from the fact that Trump's own appointed judges laughed all the stuff out of court immediately. Like, And even Trump's own lawyer said, we don't have a case. Well, Rudy Giuliani actually said those words in court. We don't have a case. We have no evidence. What we're asking for is time to delay certifying the election while we look for it. Never occur, never found any. What is Craig saying about uh, learning? One plus two, one plus one is, equals two is learning. One plus one, three, then you get hit in the back of the head because you were wrong programming. No, somebody has to tell you one, one plus one equals two. Now, um, may, maybe you're right. Let me think about this. Because it you don't really accept it until you take a, a physical object, one physical object, and add another to it and realize that you have two. So it's not just somebody programming that. Uh, the smack it in the back of the head, yeah, that is, that's basically... I don't think that's uh, programming. I think that's learning. That's what that's equivalent to what Mo talks about: trial and error with the infant, with the square and the star and the circle, and fitting them in the right holes. Doesn't work. Doesn't work. You learn that's wrong on your own. Nobody has to teach you that. The smack of the in the back of the head, I guess, is the well. That didn't fit. 
<laughs> I don't know. But there is a very big difference between programming and learning. And most of people, and this is what became evident um, with the um, Brittany Griner thing, when everybody, on the, I, I think it seemed like the RNC put out, this is how, this is the, the quote that everybody on the right must must be uh, saying tomorrow morning, and then everybody did it complete in you know the the um, the ex marine or ex- disgraced marine. I can't think of his name right now, but um, everybody came out with his. Oh, what about him? Without even investigating him, verbatim. All the same, everybody's saying the same shit. Like, you've been programmed. Here's your line. Go forth, young lemmings. Uh, and so we're seeing that, you know, constantly with everything that comes through the, through the news media now is, and it doesn't, uh, you know, I'm picking on the right. I always pick on the right lately because they are, and I'm going to be picking on them along. So if you're on the right and you're, you're one of these people who hates when I, uh, point out the reality of how far off the uh, rails you've gone might be a good time to bail now. Um, but both sides engage in this kind of stuff. Here's your talking points. Go out tomorrow and repeat this. And you see it over and over again. And it takes, you have to be willing to fucking lose some friends and it takes a little bit of courage to say, hold on, slow down. Don't give me that fucking spoon-fed bullshit that everybody else is doing, is talking about. Let's look at this objectively and and get to what, you know, some sense of agreed-upon reality. And very few people are willing to do that. This is why I don't have many friends, by the way. <laughs> because I am willing to say, I'm not buying your bullshit, man. You know why I'm not buying your bullshit? Because I've heard it from everybody verbatim today on social media. Everybody's saying the exact same things. That's fucking programming. That's taking it in, garbage in, garbage out, no critical thought. We're seeing it with the Ukraine stuff, and this is what uh, this is where you right wingers now, uh, who who send me hate mail and make up excuses for why you uh, <laughs> why you're being an asshole to me at my gigs. Uh, I, you know what? I haven't caught your show lately. Bullshit! I you obviously have caught my show. This is why you're fucking angry at me. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm talking to you, Mike. <laughs> uh anyway um the the ukraine stuff is fucking when the britney griner stuff happened all my friends on the right were talking about oh how can we make that deal with our enemy with our enemy so they for that moment they let it slip out that they understand that russia is our enemy but when it comes to Ukraine or when it comes to uh, the Russia hoax, <laughs> uh, oh, uh, we love Putin. Oh, and here's the, the, there's a couple of really weird hypocrisies to point out here. 
the right wing wants to uh, accuse the left of being communist, but they have made a hero of Putin, 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 put in, Vladimir Putin. They made a hero out of him. They love Russia. But they want to say everything about Ru- the, the Russia stuff and the alliance with Russia in the, with their side is a hoax. Oh, Detroit, you know, Russia, 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 the Russia hoax. Well, if if the Russia, why do you suck Putin's dick all day long? Why are you always on his side? And again, they accidentally let it slip out during the Britney Griner thing that they understand that Russia is the enemy. Very odd. That's an odd. Um... Oh, good morning, Mike. What did you miss? I I did. Uh, I was talking about some of the AI stuff uh, earlier on, and I, I I don't think I'm going to go back there, but I might go back there. Right now, I'm uh, I've segued into bashing uh, Trump supporters and the, what became of the right wing. Listen, and people accuse me of being it's fucking weird because on the reels I put out about. Um, how Trump is holding the right wing and the Republican Party hostage. I got people on both sides thinking I was on their side. I, and this is usually I get people on both sides on either side thinking I'm their enemy. On in this case, I've got people wanting to thinking I agree with them, thinking I'm on their side whether it's Republicans or Democrats, thinking Oh, thanks for your support, and, we, and uh, good to have you on this. On us, I'm not on your fucking side. <laughs> if you don't listen to the words I'm saying, I'm saying one party rule sucks. No matter which party you kiss up to or are a cheerleader for, that was the message I put out there. But somehow, everybody Trumpers think I'm a Trumper now because of it, and Democrats think I'm a hardcore Democrat because of it. Fucking bizarre. Usually. I, it's the other way around. They both would assume that I'm their enemy. For some reason, the messaging, and this is the problem with, with reels, I think, when you cut them up into one-minute segments and, and short attention span, you can take whatever you want to hear uh, from the words and not really have the full context. So there's a lot of that going on. Uh, uh William says, so the real difference between programming and learning is independent analysis. Sounds like why we should question everything. Yeah, yeah, I think I, I, that's absolutely true. Um, questioning everything, but then, again, if you come back to the child, I love that Mo broke this down for me in this way. Because when it comes down to the child and the and the shapes and the block, the star and the circle and the square, there is an objective truth and reality. The star only fits into one of those holes. And when you reach that and you find that, you know that's the truth. What we have now is people want to say, oh, no, that's not the right hole for the star. The circle goes in the hole for the star. And... It's it can't be you know we can't agree on what reality is. This is this is the problem in in discourse right now, and people putting out insisting that what they know and what is an objective truth 
I know Mike was going to hate this fact, but some things are objective are objectively true. There is not two truths. The circle, the square, and the star only fit into certain slots, in certain shapes. And there are people that want to deny that. Absolutely truth. Who's who's this? Hi, I want to offer a promotion for your channel. You know what? I um I will pay you. How much will I pay them? One million dollars to promote me today. Uh, I want to see thirty billion bots on this channel uh, within uh, five minutes from now, and I will pay you one million dollars. Other than that, suck my dick, Zeppel of Frappadurapper, whatever your name, Zella Zella Drivepper. What the fuck kind of name is that? Is this how you, when you grew up, let me ask you a question. You want to call me? You want to call me? Uh, you can call me now and um, we could talk about the deal here. You can call me now at 631-769-5242 if you want. I just want to know, when you were a, a small child and people said, what do you want to be when you grow up? What's your answer? I want to be a fucking bot scammer on uh, Twitch. Was that was that what you aspired to be? Uh, I don't want to work for a living. I want to just be some kind of bullshit artist that just programs a computer to click on links all day long while I sit around and smoke meth and uh, hashish and... Um, stick a dildo in my ass is that is that what you um really aspire to do or are you disappointed with your life if so perhaps we can help uh i have plenty of uh no you don't see that i'm not angry i'm not angry william says he sees the vein pulsating uh my vein isn't pulsating no, no, I'm very calm. I'm very calmly dealing with Zeller, Zeller Driver, who uh, is obviously a very, um, very lost, desperate soul, begging for money while, again, smoking meth, taking it in the ass, whatever you're doing, fuck off. Like, too bad I can't just block you from here. I gotta... How do you block this? Uh, block this mother... Bing. Anyway, where the fuck was I? I was talking about objective truth. There is objective truth. And I know my, my friend Mike, who I love dearly, sometimes thinks, well, all things are possible. There are lots of possibilities, infinite possibilities to uh, coin... Uh, a, a response to something I suggested to him. That was his word, infinite possibilities. Yeah, that's all true. But there are also objective truths, things that are only true one one truth. One truth is that the circle and the circle square uh, shape go together. The star and the star shape go together. The square and the square shape go together. And we, what we are seeing right now in society is that people want to say even that, even basic, obvious, one objective truth situations, there's an alternative 
truth to alternative facts and that's simply not the case in any energy we're all good and all good happy people <laughs> positive bright side lovey-dovey kumbaya world there's no kumbaya world where the star fits into the square shape there isn't uh same here, William. I love you too, and you make me laugh every day. By the way, uh, Willie put out a um, a short of his comedy. Uh, it looked like a very cool theater he was performing in. I don't know where that was. Probably Albuquerque. Uh, it's on his Facebook page right now. I think I shared it. So if you go to Mind Dog TV or Matt Napo uh, Facebook page, you can find it there. Check that out. Uh, hopefully, we'll see William on uh, Behind the Bits with my friend Scott Curtis who was on yesterday. Um, the other thing, um, so I, I wanted to talk about this because the other part of, got derailed back to the AI stuff and learning and objective truths and all that stuff. The thing that the hypocrisy of the people on, on the right here today, Charlie Kirk came out and said, I wonder if anybody's going to point out that we're giving money to Nazis in the Ukraine. Now that, and you can help me out here. I, you know, folks, that uh, even though I can be a little bit thick at times, I am open to you shooting down my opinions or my beliefs on these things. But they don't care that there are Nazis, real Nazis, within their own ranks. There are the uh, University of Virginia thing, you, you know, good people and bad people on both sides, that was organized by Nazis. Guys carrying torches, swastikas, and chanting, the Jews will not replace us, and they had signs, the Jews will not replace us, embracing the Nick Fuentes and Kanye's, we love Hitler. Those are all Charlie Kirk and the right wing's people. And now he wants you to be upset that there are some Nazis in Ukraine. So we should root for Russia. Wait a minute. If we're going to root against countries that have Nazis in them, let's root against America. Let's, <laughs> let's root, uh, and I got into this with Inman because Inman was one of the first ones. Because this is a, uh, a Putin taught talking point comes right off of russia today rt television um the fact that they want to push that they're, they're oh well there are nazis in ukraine yeah there are nazis everywhere there's nazis in long island there are nazis in kansas city there are nazis everywhere and especially within the trump party right now and i said this earlier this week trump owns the Nazis in America. He owns them. They're, they're going to be on his side throughout this, no matter what. So saying that we shouldn't support Ukraine because there are Nazis there is blatant hypocrisy on, on the right. Now, I have to say I agree with a lot of the people on the right. Whoa, what? what? Not, that, not on that point. <laughs> on the point of not giving money to Ukraine. I support Ukraine, and I think they can win this war, and I am rooting for them to win their uh, 
independence from Russia and basically what they had. They're not winning anything. They're just keeping if they if they win the war, they don't get anything new. They just get to ha- keep what they already had, which was their independence from Russia. But I don't think they need our money, and I think the money is a waste. Listen, $50 billion, we could... It's, you don't give to charity, or maybe you do when you do. I have. I shouldn't say it. I have given to charity when I had no money in the bank. I had money in my pocket and given to homeless people. But it, as a from a macro perspective, you don't give $50 billion away for that you can't account for it's just money you're giving them again it's not weapons it's not it's fucking cash that won't be accounted for when you don't have it and you're hurting here at home i this is where i agree with the people on the right who say we can't be giving them more money they still haven't accounted for the money we already gave them and while i i'm not an anti uh Zelensky auto parts uh guy I think he's a he is an actor. He is a spokesperson. He's a media person. He is a salesman as much as he is a uh, politician. This is what they all do, and so he comes here with a handout. We need more money. I think you can win the war without money, and there's no evidence in my experience in this life that says money wins wars. The U.S. put trillions with a T into Vietnam. Did we win? We put trillions in Afghanistan. Did we win? We put trillions in Iraq. What did we win? Did we win anything? No. Some people, Halliburton would say, yeah. (laughs) The people who are Dick Cheney say, yeah, yeah, we won. See my bank account. We won. Um, but you and I did not win. And it wasn't the money that made the difference. It's definitely not in Vietnam. It wasn't money that made the difference. We Again, we poured trillions into that. We came away running away on a rooftop, running for our lives, tail between the legs. Uh It wasn't a comedy club, Craig. I, I, and and when I started listening to Running the Light last night, the book opened talking about traveling shows in New Mexico. I was hooked instantly. Yeah, uh, the book starts with, Bert, uh, if you're listening to the audio version, it starts with Bert Kreischer not having any clue as to say, how to say Tucum Carey. And when I talked to Sam Talent about that, it, it, it was pretty comical. They had to actually, you know, explain you say it like a, a girl named Carrie who had two orgasms two <laughs> or or um, made two guys come to come Carrie I forget how he would he would mispronounce it but that's Bert Kreischer for you uh Bert is uh, no t- and I I was curious to see was that Bert playing Bert like expecting people how did I get on this? I got sidetracked for, for a moment because William brought up the running the light. A running the light is, is probably the, the definitive book on life 
and it doesn't matter if it's a comedy or vaudeville or music or any of that stuff. The life of the traveling entertainer, the road dog, whatever your uh, pursuit is, is very much like that. And, and Craig wanted to know where exactly that comedy club in Tucumcari was located. But it, it wasn't a comedy club, right? It was a bar where they stick a piece of plywood on the floor and have comedy nights with duck shitting on the floor, duck, duck shit bingo. I don't, I have to say, I've been part of some very weird events at bars when we, when we play there. Uh, never have I been duck poop blotto or bingo or whatever the fuck it was. Um, <laughs> I don't doubt that that really happened or something very close to that happened, but I've, out of all the weird shit that I've experienced, and there's been a lot, that one uh, never happened. I, one of the coolest things was playing in a dive bar. It had a six-inch stage, <laughs> uh, a bar, and I think it was like, uh, I want to say Pennsylvania, maybe Ohio, and we were uninformed about what the night was about. And so we played a first set, and there were some really hot-looking women that came in the bar. And they were, I was like, wow, this is a cool place to play. Look at all these hot women. Um, and they were playing pool right over to the side of us, and I was distracted. Why, you know, oh, my God, look at And when we started the second set, and they came up and they started stripping right in front of us. Uh, and um, they locked the doors because it's not a strip club. It's just a bar where people came to hear music. And all of a sudden, I guess this is something that happens on a regular basis because nobody seemed shocked except me when this girl was like dancing right in front of me, pulling a G-string down right in front of me, showing me like a little brown spider in my face <laughs> while I'm playing. And uh, I, and then we had a mascot, uh, mascot. I call him a mascot, Jason, who was a. He was about thirty year old virgin because he he uh, severely uh, mentally handicapped, and we, the girls were. You know they were for hire, <laughs> they were strippers, but they were also more than strippers for if for the right amount of money and um so guys were getting you know tug jobs bull jobs whatever in the bathroom and, and jason thought uh, thought one of these girls was really interested in him and i had to kind of break jay's heart and say no she's she's for hire and it kind of broke his heart and i said i'll tell you what jay we're gonna get you some titties tonight <laughs> Because that was all, I think it cost me $100 for him to get titties. Um, where the guy, the less uh, slow guys, the, the normal Ohioans or Pennsylvanians, whatever they were, uh, normally slow people. <laughs> they were getting tug jobs and blow jobs for $20. It cost me 100 bucks to get Jay some titty. Uh, memorable night. But never Doug, uh, duck whatever, Duck Plato, whatever the fuck the name of the game was. I don't know. That's pretty early in the book. 
Uh, yes, the, the brown spider did wink at me. Uh, yeah, most performers will find themselves in the story. I think Duck Poop Bingo was uh, Trinidad, Colorado show. Okay. I thought that was in, in the New Mexico show. Oh, yeah, like a, a BFW or some, some weird shit like that. I don't know how I got on the same town book. I shouldn't be ruining the book for people who have not yet read the book or listened to the book. Um, so, Sam Talent, Running the Light, go check it out. What was, oh, I want to come back to the Ukraine thing because, again, this is for the people who accuse me of just being one-sided on this stuff. And I'm not for the, for the same reasons, but agreeing with the people on the right now that we should not, now they're, position is not based on any principle it's not it's just because because once the other side is doing it they're against it that's why they're they take this position but i don't think we can give 50 billion dollars to ukraine 50 billion more dollars to ukraine to fight a war when the 50 billion dollars is not gonna make a difference i want them to win Again, winning means nothing. Winning means a tie. It means a status quo or going back to what the status quo was a year ago. But uh, we've already given them enough money. Uh, it hasn't seemed to really do anything. We don't know what it did because we can't get a full accounting of it. And I don't know. I brought this up earlier. Our own Pentagon lost $60 billion. You know what? You want to give them more money? Find the money that the, our Pentagon lost. Give them that money. Well, I'm okay with that. It's already gone anyway. It's already been flushed down, or it's in some fucking Michael Flynn bank account or something like that. Where the fuck did $60 billion go? I don't know. Well, hey, have you seen it? I haven't seen it. Uh, William says, I went to a hooker once. She gave me a refund, which really raises. <laughs> wow. Is that a true story or are you just being funny? Because that's a good joke. But if it really happened, yeah, I think you're right. It does raise some questions. We have a new phone number if anybody wants to call. So, Did anybody call? No, nobody called. No. Nobody called. I thought maybe that Zeppelin might have called. What's with those people? The people just selling fake followers. I mean, there are scams and there are scams. I guess that's an easy scam to, to pull off. And if you don't really are determined not to work for a living, that's an easy one to do if you know how to I think I could probably do it. Um, basically, just have an IP address swapper and program a uh, macro to just keep uh, opening a browser, click uh, opening a specific window, closing down. I mean, it's really that simple. If you have several computers, you could probably do, I don't know, hundreds a day, maybe thousands a day depending on how fast your computers are. So, but, uh, you know, 
that takes enough energy. But it's it's like that fucking you know cliche that happens in television and movies. If you only used your powers for good, the energy that it takes to first of all go out and try and scam idiots like me and beg for business because they do this all fucking day. I show you when they come in the chat room. I don't show you my LinkedIn DMs. Or my Facebook DMs. Well, sometimes I show you the Facebook DMs because they're pretty funny because I respond to those and uh, and fuck with them a little bit. But it happens all day long. I'm getting podcast promoters or live stream promoters literally at all hours of the day. Uh, William says, I have driven for hookers but never been a patron. That's good to know. I've never gone. I've never gone to a hooker in my life either. Um, been approached starting at like twelve years old, Forty Second Street and Seventh Avenue, and two o'clock in the morning, Saturday night, Sunday morning. Uh, but never once even thought about really paying for it. I don't. I don't think I. I could get hard in that situation. I really don't. Even when I. Even when I was hard perpetually. Just is some skeevy about it, and like not, and knowing that she probably sucked fifteen dicks already before she got to you that night would definitely make would definitely make the hard on go straight down. Anyway, um, we're preparing for the winter storm. Did I mention that? Of course, I mentioned that. I started with that. I don't know what it's like where you are. Um, I hope it's not as bad as. It is going to get here tonight. We haven't had anything yet, but we're prepared for a um, massive snowstorm. Massive. What the fuck does that mean? Uh, 16 mile an hour winds, little power lines down, all that kind of stuff. Uh, and phone calls that scared the life out of you, you know, for the power company. Uh, people could die. Call 911. Don't call us. Thank you for the advanced panic notice. William said, William said, the girl once told me she gave a John his money back because she couldn't, he couldn't get hard and started crying. <laughs> now you know why he goes to hookers. He started crying. Oh, my goodness. That's just so fucking pathetically funny. On so many levels. He started crying. I just want to... I, I wish I get on with a hooker. <laughs> wow. No, that's a loser. I'm sorry. You know what? I don't like to call people losers. Oh, my God. That's a loser. She felt so bad he gave him money back and left. Well, maybe that was just a ploy. So then he wouldn't be a... Well, no. He's a loser for going. I'm sorry. <laughs> Crying for the for the hooker who. I feel like uh, uh, this has been a very weird, um, weird weird morning. Ah. William, I didn't miss this one. William's going to be uh, recording behind the bits on January 16th. They have Scott's a guy who he doesn't do live streams anymore. In the beginning, he was doing live streams 
uh, of behind the bits, at least the first 20 minutes of it or something. And then um, putting the rest of it behind the paywall. Now he's just recording them and releasing them at a later date. I don't know how much editing he does on them. I don't do any editing, as you know, on anything. Fucking let it fly, watch and all. And that's why there's so many things of me like confusing Danny Thomas with Jack Benny. <laughs> because I don't edit anything. I, I really should, uh, to make myself look like less of an idiot, do some editing. But when you do as many shows as I've done over the last four years, that's just, it's impossible. Too much time goes into that. You know, most of these guys who are heavy into editing, and I'm not saying Scott is heavy into I don't know how much editing he does. Most of these people who are in the podcast game, who do a lot of editing, they do one show a week, uh, probably 50 weeks uh, a year, 50 shows a year. Uh, I think the the most I did in a year was, was 380 shows. Oh, no, it was more than that because I was doing three a day, seven days a week. But not every week was I doing that, seven days a week. So, But it was far more than that. So anyway, the point is too many shows to be doing all that editing for. Uh, seat of your pants, although dogs don't usually wear pants. I'm not wearing any pants right now. Would you like to see? Would you like me to stand up? and prove to you that I'm not wearing any pants. I cannot do that. Tomorrow I'll be doing one more show to say Merry Christmas to everybody. I uh, hope you will have a great weekend. Now, Monday I haven't, I, I actually have a business meeting on Monday morning because some people here don't realize that Monday for a lot of businesses are closed. And this is a, it's very weird to me that some some businesses now are taking advantage of Christmas falling on a Sunday that they don't have to give their employees off. Now, it's not me. Like, it's not mandatory that I go and have this meeting. But somebody requested the meeting on Monday morning. I agreed to it before thinking, well, maybe my wife would like to spend some of her time off with her husband on what is the official day off of Christmas. Uh, so maybe I'll do it. I don't know. I have to. I have to see if I can rearrange that schedule for Monday morning to actually uh, stay home and be with my wife on her day off for Christmas. Who knows? Just want to uh, <clears throat> touch on one thing before I sign off here today. Yesterday, really uh, eye-opening for me in some ways. Inspiring in other ways and frustrating in other ways. Uh, first of all, we did, uh, we went, we're starting a new thing at the studio because we're doing a television show, blog, a food blog type of show, a review of restaurants, and went to uh, a popular restaurant here and did a shoot with the host doing food reviews and reviews of the restaurant type of show. Uh, too many, too many cooks in the world. Four camera shoot and a guy, a four, uh, three, 
three uh, mounted cams on, on on tripods and one guy with a steady cam walking around catching stuff. And like 15 other video people there doing nothing but eating, trying to food in the background, fucking around. And me. And I, it was frustrating for me because 30 seconds into the take, I realized that the direction was wrong. And I didn't want to stop it because things were rolling. I didn't want to, you know, we have people on camera who are not used to being on camera. They're not, you know, professional models, actors. They're restaurant owners, restaurant managers. And I didn't want to, like, disturb the scene. But it was frustrating to me because the direction was wrong. And, I'm like, we got all these cooks here, and nobody's making sure the direction is right. By direction, I mean camera angles, things like that. And for me, I know it all a little bit, a little bit of, you know, you know how I can be. Uh, my opinion is right and yours is wrong. But there, again, there are some objective truths, and there are some of the objective truths in video production is you got to get the right angles. And I didn't want to stop it. And then it wasn't terrible, but it wasn't great. And it could have been great. And so people were settling for good enough. And that's frustrating to me. So I, that was a bad, uh, frustrating part of the day. The uplifting part of the day is I was going on accompanying a young man on sales calls to sell studio services. And it was totally blown away by the simplicity of the sales approach and the quickness which people signed on and said yes and committed to buying. And I thought, why? Why is why do I have why do I struggle with sales and asking for the check? Asking for the money, asking sign on the bottom line, let's get this deal done. And I've always had problems with that. When it comes to money, and this is why I don't book the band anymore, because I would always undersell the band. And and drop weak on the negotiations. No matter I understand the value proposition. I feel strongly about what we bring to the table. And then I let owners and uh you know manage club managers and, and the like, booking agents, rape me. And to see somebody who goes in there with what I thought was just a very simple sales approach and then ask for the money like way early because I would hammer and, and stammer and, and make the sales presentation way too long and then get weak. And this is, this is where my weakness is. It get weak at the time of asking for the clothes. None of that. This is straight to the point. Here's what we can offer you. And you, I know you don't really fully understand the value of it, but can I have your check? Oh, yeah. Sure. And it happened several times in one day. And I was like, why? I'm impressed. I'm super impressed that you can do it. Why? 
why is it so easy for, for some people and just so hard for others? I know I'm not alone in this. And I said, this is why some people are rich and, and some people are not. Asking for the check is something uh, that is an important skill in life. And I think a lot of entertainers, a lot of artists especially, uh, are weak as I am in that area. When it comes to the business side, we need help. We need somebody like the guy I was with yesterday who just not shy about it at all, not even not concerned that he might get a no. He didn't get any no's, not one, while I was with him, which was fucking impressive. I'm sure not every day goes like that for him. But for me to just sit there and witness it, like, damn, I wish I had that skill. So that's impressive and that inspiring. The other thing that this is a little bit back to the politics and I'm going to sign off here. I met several people yesterday who were immigrants. And I don't mean by immigrants, I don't mean that their parents came here and they are first generation. I'm talking about young men who were born in another country and at a young age got on a plane said, I'm going to the United States of America and I'm going to start my own business and do well there and be a, go to the land of opportunity. And all these young men that I met, they're still young, even though some of them have been here 10 years, 15 years, whatever, still young men. The courage it takes, first of all, if you're born across the ocean, to get on a plane at 21 years old, 22 years old, I'm going to go to America with however much money you have in your pocket, and I'm going to make a success of myself. The courage that it takes for that, I don't think, I don't think most people can appreciate that unless you've done it. I mean, I was thinking about it as I was meeting these people and to hearing their stories, to just think, I'm just going to leave my family behind, go to a place where there is promise of great opportunity but no guarantee and what if i what if i the thought what if i fail i guess doesn't enter into their mind because to me that would be debilitating i would not make the move because if you fail your support system you left behind 5000 miles back that way and you're all alone but several again not just not just a few, several young men yesterday that I met have had the similar experience, come here as immigrants on their own to make a success for themselves, and they are. And that's inspiring, but it also makes me question even more on the political side. These people who are so anti-immigrant, the immigrants are coming here and becoming job creators and entrepreneurs and building successful lives. And we have people who are against them in favor of, oh, they're going to take American jobs. No, they're creating American jobs. Many of them are. Many of them come here determined to follow a dream in the land of opportunity and make the best of the, themselves and make the best of their lives and make their lives better than whatever they were leaving behind. And somehow 
certain people are against them in favor of the white guy living in his mom's basement trying to run scams if he can, if he even finds the energy to run a scam or just fucking living off mom and dad until they die and then he's going to be a a ward of the state. Mostly, I'm thinking, when when I picture people like that, it's almost always male. I don't see women being just like, and may, and I'm sure it happens. But when I picture the failed use of America, in my mind, it always ends up. I, I see because I known I've known guys who live in mom's basement and waste their lives away, while and mostly white guys, European of descent, third generation, fourth generation Americans who now who grew up in a cushy MAGA world, believe it to be Madonna to read, um, sitcom of 1960s, 50s, 60s, 70s upbringing, that, you know, the sons and daughters of the greatest generation, boomers and, and Gen Xers, whatever, who just had it easy and now take it for granted, and we become anti-immigrant and then these people who are examples of what we want our youth to be come here and we are rude and disrespectful that part is disheartening so interesting day on many levels and uh, i just wanted to share that with you because um i think you know prejudices aside you got to look at the reality of who the people are coming. And if America was always meant to be, wasn't meant to be, but ended up being a melting pot for a good reason, because the land of opportunity is for people who are leaving something behind for the hope of something better. I think that's where I'll leave it today. I'm going to be posting some more reels today. Maybe I'll just share you uh, one quickly here. Uh, before I leave, this is Mo Gordat talking about happiness. I'll probably be uh, publishing this today. Let me see. Uh, video file. Happiness priority. Here you go. Mo Gordat. You make happiness your number one priority, your toast. Okay? Because you're you're chasing the wrong objectives in life. If you make happiness your number one priority, it's a bit like fitness. Huh? I'll, I'll, I'll give you a very interesting thought experiment here. Did you know, Matt, that if you actually eat healthy and work out four to five times a week, you'll be fit? Yeah, yeah right? Yeah. Yeah? yeah knowing, knowing, knowing that doesn't make you fit. Right. Right. What ma- yeah. But what makes you fit is to actually make it your priority. So you 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 choose healthy food instead of a cheesecake and go to the gym. Right. Similarly right. with happiness. Okay. If you make happiness your priority and go to the happiness gym three to four times a, a week, basically watching a video or reading about it or surrounding yourself with happy people or whatever, you're actually taking action that corresponds to the desire of I'm gonna make happiness my priority. I love mine dog. I, I love, love you. Dog too. I, <laughs> I love, love having the dog be the best friend of my mind. So <clears throat> anyway, I'm going to be posting that today. Now, oddly enough, even I had gotten that ready um, for posting last night. And then on YouTube and the creators, uh, for creators, they have special content 
that YouTube gives to you to help you be more successful in your channel. And one of the pieces I watched immediately after creating that was about emotion. Uh, add things that are emotional um, to your content. And the study that they showed was that positive emotion, positive messaging will go viral. Mike, Mike Zinn will love this. He's probably getting an erection right now hearing me say this. Will go viral uh, uh, 300 times faster than negative and has a 300 more or 300 percent more likely chance of becoming viral and being passed and shared than negative emotions and stuff like that. I am going out of my way to try and find now, it's never me. Well, I shouldn't say it's never me. I were, there are a few examples of me saying <laughs> the positive side of this. But as most of you know, I'm the guy who uh, presents the the negative side and the negative negativity to balance out the positivity. So I'm going through and trying to find as many uplifting, positive messaging um, quotes and, and ideas from my guests as I can because of I'm I'm battling this idea with the shorts and what they do what they're doing to society and I figure if I'm going to go down that road to grow my audience grow the channel I want to at least make it something of value something people can take away and say I got something from that and so I'll be doing a lot more of that. Uh, I just want to, one more quote, for, one more comment from Willie, and then I'm going to say goodbye. Uh, the female equivalent to the guy living in mom's basement is welfare moms with four-plus kids. They're just doing what they can to make sure someone takes care of their cost of living. Is that the equivalent? I don't know. Maybe it is. Um that's uh, i'm gonna think about that maybe i'll talk about that tomorrow actually uh hopefully just uh tomorrow will be and you know what any of my friends out there who want to pop in tomorrow just for a christmas uh show a you know let's celebrate christmas early together and wish each other a happy holiday i'm that big on on fake holidays and i think christmas is a fake holiday by the way uh but i do think for people, especially this time of year, anything we could do to kind of make it's a very stressful time of year for for a lot of people. This for especially if you're not somebody with a lot of means in your life, the holidays where people are out killing each other over consumerism and and merchandise can be a very stressful time and you always feel i know i did when i was poor i hated the holidays because i felt inadequate i couldn't buy i couldn't buy the gifts i wanted to buy for people all that kind of stuff made me feel really depressed and there was all the other stuff and the time of year and the shortness of the days add to that so if we could spend that time together and I appreciate everybody who's been here today and will uh, continue to support, support me all the time and come in and spend the mornings with me. But if we could spend tomorrow together, it would mean the world. So I hope to see you then. Uh, till then, don't forget to um, turn on your radio. Bye for now.
me, listen to me, listen to me now. Listen to me, listen to me, listen to me now. Listen to me, listen to me, listen to me now. Listen to me, listen to me, listen to me now.